my 21st year here at uh, Impact Christian Church, and uh, it's also my 65th year of being alive. And, and uh, the older I get, the more I notice about Christmas. I, I remember um, I, I've always, uh, in our house growing up and, and in, in our, as I became a man and had my own family, Christmas has always been fun. It's been, it's been a good time for us. I realize that it's not the case for some. Uh, I realize some of you have a hard time with it. Um, but I know also that um, it's important to uh, go to Christmas and think about Christmas. Uh, some of you have a lot of uh, engagements uh, coming up. You've got a lot of Christmas parties, uh, and you've got a lot of gatherings. And some of you don't maybe have any. <laughs> maybe there's nobody to be with. So I understand there's that spectrum of that. But I want to encourage you, those of you that have many, to not, um, not rue them, not to uh, think, oh, what a bother it is that we have to go three or four or five or six different things. Because as you get older, those things kind of tend to go away. They tend to um, stop. And uh, the, for whatever reason, traditions change. Um, people pass. People uh, go apart. And so uh, I encourage you to uh, embrace uh, those gatherings because as you get older, uh, they tend to go away. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, we love you. And we just pray right now that this uh, next few minutes would be honoring to you. I pray uh, for each person in this room and for those watching today uh, on whatever they're watching us on this morning, that you would uh, just put a, a reminder in our head, in our hearts, in our spirit of what this day means that we're getting ready to celebrate. We love you and we praise your name. Amen. This will be a short lesson unless I get too fired up and I don't, I don't know, we'll see, but I, I don't think, it, I think it's going to be short. It's a, the color today is white. Dave and the band did White Christmas and we're going to talk about that color white uh, in the color of Christmas series that we're doing. I want to read to you from Luke 2. It says this. Luke 2, 10 through 12. Here we go. You've read this. You've heard it. Here it is. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of, Beth, uh, town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Most versions say one of two things, a Savior or a Messiah, that there's coming. There's a Savior and there's a Messiah. People back then were tired of living under Caesar's rule. They were sick of the government. They were sick of the oppression. They were sick of losing their traditions. They couldn't stand their circumstances. They were wanting a Messiah that would make everything better. They were wanting a Messiah or a Savior that would solve the problems that they were currently facing. I think sometimes that's really, we want that of Jesus too. And if you're honest, I believe that's all of us sometimes. We may recognize our need for a Messiah we may recognize the need that we need a savior, but maybe what you really want is a, a matchmaker. Maybe what you want is a better spouse, is a spouse that's more attentive, 
Maybe what you want is kids that, that aren't acting up all the time. Maybe what you want is a, a boss that appreciates you for who you really are. Maybe what you want is a big old fat wad of cash laid on you because you're broke. And you're sitting there and you go, you know, Jesus, I, I, I love you. And I know you're my savior, <clears throat> but I'm broke. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm <clears throat> broke. And I need my Savior to save me from these things. <clears throat> Yet the Bible says that in the midst of all that stuff that the Israelis were going through, the oppression that they were under, much greater than anything we think we're in today, he said, you need a Savior. <laughs> you need a Savior. God gave them what they really needed. That's the point of today. Next, next slide, if you would. God gave us what we need. He gave us a Savior. See, I, I think it would have been so easy to, to think about Jesus back at that time because every place that Jesus went, people saw him not as a Savior. They saw him as a miracle worker. What can you do for me? What can you do for me today? See, I'm standing before you, and I know I need a Savior, but I need a favor, Jesus. Can you get me out of this thing that I'm going through? In fact, every town that Jesus went to, people didn't come because he was a Savior. They came because they were blind. They came because they were deaf. They came because they couldn't walk. So why do you serve Jesus? Why do you continue to come to him? Is he your savior or is he a genie in the bottle? Sometimes I think it's a little like that. I'm glad God that brings forgiveness. I'm glad, but God, I could really use a raise. I, I, what I really like is, is to get along with my spouse or, or you know, I... I know you bring salvation, but uh, could you do something about, you know, this situation that's going on with my health? Because, you know, it really, it's, it's, it's taken me down, and it's slowing me down, and, and I'm just not who I used to be. Take it from me, church. We all want a kind of God that fixes our temporary problems. That's just part of who we are. That's our nature. God, fix me. Jesus was introduced as a savior because best of all, that's what he does. He saves. And I want you to be reminded of that this, this Christmas Eve day. Isaiah 118, the color of Christmas says this. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, that's red, hard to get out. You ever got any... Red stuff, salsa on your shirt. I've had, I got a lot of white shirts I can't wear anymore because I can't get the salsa out. As though they're like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Really? Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. See, that was one of the whitest things that the people could think about back then because sheep had beautifully white, beautiful wool. The very first page of the New Testament shows us that there's a, a, a great, the need was because everybody was scarlet. Everybody had scarlet written all over them. Everybody was stained. 
Matthew 1 introduces us Jesus by giving us his ancestry. For years and years, you can turn to the next one. For, yeah, that one. For the years and years, I came to this passage, and I was, I was a kid, and then I, I grew up, and I went to college. And I'm like, what the heck? Why did they put all that business in there? I don't care. Have you ever been like that? When you read that, you ever get to that and go, well, just skip through it? You're like, what, what? look at all that. This is the genealogy of Jesus. 14, 14 different generations. What the heck? Why is that even there? And I found out, as I'm sure most of you have too, as I skipped over it, I began to wonder why I was skipping over it. And it took me on this, this uh, greatest hits of all of Jesus' descendants. And he doesn't keep us from any of the details of these people that he shares there. Because if it was me writing about some of my ancestors, some of them that were racist, some of them that I would have left it out. I would have left it out. Because some of my people have skeletons in their closet, and so do some of you. <laughs> so do some of you. But he puts them in there. He puts this, this incredible list, 14 generations, and, and puts it front and center for us to read. And so I want to I just pull out three stories to remind you today about that. Just quick, quick stories I want you to rem be reminded of, and then I'm going to close. We're about done. So hang, hang with me. As you read through these names, it becomes very, very clear that the thing that we needed most was not more food, not cheaper prices, not a better political system, but was we needed a savior. We needed a savior. And so let's, let's start off with the very first person that comes to in verse 2. Abraham was a great man of faith. Yes, he was. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham, and I was one of them. Remember, that, the, that guy, is, he's, he's the, the bastion of the faith. We love Abraham. Abraham was also a liar. He lied a lot. Biggies. He lied a bunch. And yet he gets first mention. Abraham was a liar. Any of you have a problem with that a little bit? You told your, your family, this year's the year. I'm going to spend more time with you. This year we're going to do this. This year I'm going to, we're, we're going to really do these things together as a family. This year we're going to come together. And another year passes by. Maybe you promised your spouse you're going to take another drink. But for Abraham and for you, that I just mentioned or maybe even thought about. God sent what you needed. He sent you a savior. And then you go down the next. And then we, we're introduced to this, this next verse, his son Isaac. <laughs> Abraham's son Isaac. And, and he's this guy that, you know, he went up to remember the story. He goes up to sacrifice him and he doesn't and God provides another. And it's, it's all good. And Isaac goes and Isaac lives his life. And I'm not going to be like my dad. And he's just like his dad. Liar, does a little cheating on the side. All of a sudden, hey, can you turn your phones off? That would be a really good thing. If all of you could just flip those off, those, those things are kind of becoming a nuisance today here. There you go. So um, he, here, here's the situation. <laughs> so he, he, Isaac wakes up and he's looking in the mirror. I'm not going to be like dad. And as he looks in the mirror, he's going, oh, yeah, I'm just like dad. 
You ever done that? Oh, I'm not going to be like my parents. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to be like my parents. Now, you got good parents, I know, but there's traits in all of our parents that we wake up and we go, I'm just like mom. I'm just like dad. Oh, no. But, but Matthew puts that in there. He puts Isaac in there because he wants us to know we needed a Savior. And then I want to get one real messy story to you because there's always, there's always room for a messy story. And here's a messy story. Every one of us, every one of us in this room wants to not be the way we are in some of the ways that we are. There's some things in us that we just detest. But no matter what we do, we still continue to do those things or be those things. In verse 3 of Matthew 1, we get kind of a disturbing story. And a lot of you probably heard about it, but I've got a feeling some of you haven't. The story in Genesis chapter 8 goes like this. There was a guy named Judah, and he married off his oldest son to a young lady named Tamar. Know that, that, that name, Bob? We lived in a house called Tamar together. Judah's oldest son is killed, and it falls to Judah to take care of his daughter-in-law, Tamar, to provide for her. He doesn't do it. He kicks her to the curb. I am not going to take care of you. So she goes out, and she's in trouble. Tamar is desperate. So here's what she does. She dresses like a prostitute. She disguises herself, and she stands along the side of the road where she knows her father-in-law is going to travel. Then one night, old Judah comes by. She's veiled. It's in the dark. He falls for her trap, doesn't know who she is. But before he leaves, he doesn't have any money. So what does he do? He leaves his, her sta- his staff and his seal as a promise that one day he would come back and pay her for his, her services. Fast forward a few months. Sticky story. Word comes to Judah that his widowed daughter-in-law, Tamar, is pregnant. Judah's ticked. He says, bring her out here before me and let's burn her to death. That evil woman. So Tamar comes out. You know what she's carrying? The seal. The seal and the staff. Ooh, didn't know that was in there. Didn't know that. That's a messy story. That's a messy story of somebody that, that, that was a good person, really, really messed up. Anybody here relate to that just a little bit? Well, no, I'm not that messy. Okay. Doesn't make for a great Sunday school story to tell that story to too many people. But here's the thing. There was all kinds of horrible things done on that list of those 14 generations of people. Those people were some horrible people, but they still served the purpose, and they loved God, and God used them to get his son Jesus to this place we call earth. Now, here's the thing. Understand this, Matthew doesn't skip over it. If you're writing a false narrative, if you're writing a word that you want people to believe, you don't include crummy people in your narrative. You don't include crummy people that that are a mess in your narrative. Listen, for everyone here who has ever done anything, something that you thought you would never do, you need a Savior. And that's some of you here today. For everyone here who has made a mistake that you never thought you would make, God sent you a Savior. 
It's what we needed. He came to cover the stain of sin that wouldn't come out. That, that scarlet stain that everybody else in the world looks at and goes, oh no, he's one of those, she's one of those. Oh no. And most of all, those of you that do those things, those of us that do those things, we look at ourselves as somehow defective because we did them. You have a Savior. Please understand that today. So we read this passage of Scripture that I read at the beginning. Today, in the town of David, a Savior's been born. And that's the good news. The good news is not just for Abraham. It's not just for Isaac. It's not just for Jacob Judah and Tamar and Rahab, the prostitute, and Solomon and David. It's good news for you and me. We need a Savior to cover the white, to cover up white and make it look. And when Jesus looks at us, when God looks at us because of Jesus, all he sees is white. That's the thing that Christmas is about. So this Christmas, I say this. Listen to me. I say, let it snow. Some point in the next couple months, it's going to snow, and you're going to look out, and you're going to see snow. And I want you to be reminded of this. I want you to be reminded of the snow, what, what it does, is it covers up the yuck. It covers up the mud. It covers up all the things that you can see, and all you see is white. All you see is white. So for the husband who lost his temper yesterday at his wife and screamed at her incessantly. I'd say to you today, let it snow. To the dad who's not much of a dad to his kids, I say, let it snow. To the mom who is negative and sarcastic and has nothing good to say, I say, let it snow. For the teenager who is rebellious, having sex and doing all the things that they're, they know they're not supposed to do, I say, let it snow. For the man who stays up late surfing on the, online, I say to you, let it snow. For the woman who's caught up more in what people think of them, or the man who thinks, I care more about what people think of me than anything else, I say, let it snow. For the single person here today, who keeps falling into the same temptation, I say, let it snow. For the dad who never stepped up to be the spiritual leader of his house, I say, let it snow. It's not too late. It's not too late for any of these things that we talked about. As long as you have breath, it is not too late. Jesus, let it snow. Because a Savior was born, I can not only dream of a white Christmas, I have a white Christmas. Let's pray. And then we're going to stand and have our candlelight service. Just a second. Jesus, as we listen to this song here just in a second, nothing but the blood of Jesus, I pray that you'll remind us that Christmas is not about all the things that we've been making it about these last 23 days or 24 days. God, that Christmas is about that we needed a Savior, that the world needs a Savior, that the people are doing these stupid things all over our country, 
all over the United States, all over the world, those are the same people that you sent your son to die on the cross so that they could be white too. So God, I pray that you'd let it snow, that you'd let it snow in our church, that you'll let our church remember that their, their past is just that. It is their past. It is not their future. It is not their present. It is in the past. They are not defined by their sin. They're not defined by what they did yesterday. They're defined by your son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus, as we listen to this song, just un- let us remember that there's nothing but the blood of Jesus that takes away that scarlet. In Jesus' name we pray this in all prayers. Amen. Listen to this song, if you would, for just a minute.
kind of an unusual Christmas song. An unusual Christmas song to sing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus makes us white as snow. It's so, so valid, so, so uh, real today for us. So if you're here today and you need Jesus, you need him, please come see me after the service today. If you're here today and you have something going on in your life that you want to you want to recommit your life. You want to uh, start over again. Don't go home the same way that you came in today. If you'll do me a favor and uh, stand up.